Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Kylan. You're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Layla, can you please open us up in prayer, please? Absolutely. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your abundant grace and mercy, Lord, and for just blessing your people, Lord, and being a shield to those who need you, Lord, and being there when we search after you, Lord, that you have everything that we would ever need, Lord, and that you are able to bear the burdens that we cannot, Lord. And we just thank you for being able to cast our cares upon you, Lord, Mm -hmm. and knowing that you will deal with them because you care for us, Lord, and that your love for us doesn't change, God. And we just thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, and the blessings that you're pouring out on them as well, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome, everybody. To all who are here with us in person and to those who are listening, I definitely want to welcome you to our morning Bible study as we continue in Romans. Now we're in chapter four, and as we stated yesterday, we are uh, going to take another look at verses nine through 16. So can I get a volunteer to read that or re- read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised that unrighteousness might be imputed to them. Righteousness, sorry, not unrighteousness. Yes. Like, oh. Righteousness <laughs> might be imputed to them uh-huh. also. <laughs> and the father of circumcision to those who not only are the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father had, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith for those who are of the law are heirs faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law there is no transgression therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be shared to all the seed not only to those who are of the law but also to those who are the faith of abraham who is the father of us all amen well um before we begin i want to correct myself from yesterday so we were talking about john the baptist and his message to to the to the people of israel right to the jews and the pharisees and sadducees and scribes right yes which was don't say to yourself we are children of abraham right mm-hmm. yes but i didn't have the address to say look this is essentially what or uh, the lord to moses says something very similar Right? Um, So I want to correct myself because it does not mention, the Lord did not mention specifically raising um, children of Israel out of the rocks in the wilderness. But the address is in Exodus 32. 
and specifically 7 through 10, right? And I will read that just so everybody can um, hear it. And we'll, you know, like I said, just, just correct myself thoroughly. So it says, and the Lord said to Moses, go get down. And just a little background. This has to do with the people that were, the people of Israel brought out of Egypt, worshiping the golden calf. So it says, and the Lord said to Moses, go get down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshiped it and sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. The of you is of Moses. So, as I said, I just wanted to, to set the record straight. The Lord did not say he would raise them up out of um, stones. Now, of course, if you look at that, there's really two two ways it could have done it. The Lord could have just created, spoken the word, and people could have popped up, right? God just could have like done anything he wanted Anything to. he wanted, right? With, <laughs> just as, as I look at this, that. right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I love like just the manifold wisdom of the Lord, right? There's also, yes, he could have done it out of rocks. And you see that referenced repeatedly throughout. And then there's also just, uh, I'll say almost restarting, <laughs> if you will, right? Where Moses had children, and you, you see that, and then just allowing it to continue, mm-hmm. right? So, just a just a couple of interesting interesting things to bring up. Mm-hmm. But back to our our discussion on Romans chapter four, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to open the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you about, and then of course to ask any questions that you have. All right, okay. all right. Okay. So, who would like to begin? I'd actually kind of like to pick up off of uh, what we left off with what Dean was talking about um, in yesterday's oh. um, podcast. Yes. Just, just pick that up for a second. Well, I just want to remind our listeners as well, too, that in this moment of silence for questions, we love your questions and comments and all, and please say <laughs> amen. amen. So mm-hmm. um, the day of prayer at yahoo.com, or you can visit the website at dayofprayer.org. And mm-hmm. please... Uh, help us with feedback. Um, um, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. It's more important that you are growing in your knowledge of the Lord and in transforming into Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or anything, we're here to help you with that. So don't forget that's there for you. Thanks, Dean. Amen. So, so oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you no, go no. Ahead, baby. You go. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Do you want to give a recap, um, Dean, on, on what you were discussing yesterday, just so we can catch everybody up? And well, just just thank you, Mainly the, the the biggest point of it is is that um, it is grace that that we are saved, mm-hmm. and it is faith that um, what I think Paul is trying to say here, right? The the faith of those who are obedient to do what God has called them to do. Um, you don't have to have been born of the lineage, and you don't have to have circumcised yourself. Mm-hmm. That is, God is the God of all, and mm-hmm. he freely gives to all, and mm-hmm. he freely wants all to come to him. Mm-hmm. The other side of that was I was just, you know, commenting on the component of there is a cost of that, 
especially to the existing body, right? We have mm-hmm. the body, the ecclesia. Mm-hmm. And when a new believer comes in, uh, there's confusion. Sometimes there's heresy, all those things there. And that's why I referenced the grafting in because grafting um, is a process that in order to bring the new growth in, there's actually cutting and harm done to the existing plant. Yeah. And that component of that. So the, the, you know, we can take that to the extreme of what Christ paid for us Amen. to be grafted in. Amen. And ultimately, he is the vine dresser. Mm-hmm. And there's then that other component that I was bringing into that is that, you know, if a, if a vine is not producing, mm-hmm. it's the vine dresser, which is God. Mm-hmm. It's his responsibility to cut it out because the whole plant's at risk of dying if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was mm-hmm. kind of some of the things I was uh, just bringing into the conversation. Mm. All right. Well, Amen. Amen. And, you know, like... When we talk about the grace of God, that is, it's good for us to understand that and know it. And then as we talk about that, there's something that God, when we look at what he wants from us, there's his side and there's our side. His side is to offer the grace and the covenant to begin with. And then it's our side to believe him and enter in. And as, as you were talking about that, Dean, it reminded me, um, about when God made his covenant with Abraham, <clears throat> excuse me, initially in Genesis where he cut the, the, the heifer and the birds in half and the, the animals that God told him to get. And then the deep sleep fell on Abraham and God walked between the two pieces like a, a burning oven and pronounced the covenant that God was, was giving his part of this is what I will do for you. This is my side of it and how I feel for you and what I'm agreeing to and what I'm promising you. And I'm, I'm cutting this covenant with you in blood. And then there's a, another side. We have a side to it. You know, when a husband and wife stand to marry each other, they both have to say, I do. If the husband says, I do, and the wife just looks and blinks her eyes, <laughs> I venture to say that there's no covenant there. Nothing has been done because she's made no commitment. So God also asks us for a commitment. And that's what Abraham was doing when he physically circumcised sized his flesh. It was his outward demonstration of what he meant in his heart towards God. God made a pronouncing of his covenant. And he said, God said, I do. And shed blood for that. And then Abraham had to do his portion of the covenant mm-hmm. and say his I do. And Abraham shed blood as well. And, and circumcision, when anytime we cut our physical skin, there's, there's blood that um, is released in that process. And God, it matters to him those things. But when what God wants is our heart. And because we love him, we keep his commandments. And the scripture that is the first scripture is to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. Yes. And then the next is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, God didn't ask us for anything that he didn't first give. God loves us with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. God loves us with this entire being. And we can see that in the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God in the earth carrying things out. God loves us. The Holy Spirit loves us with everything and all that he is. The Lord Jesus is the soul which we will will contain our mind, our will, and our emotions, being that he was touched with our our emotions. He understands how we feel. He came and experienced everything as a, a human being. And the Father 
right? We love him with all of our, our spirit man, everything within us. And so God didn't ask us for something that he didn't first give. Father, Son, Holy Spirit gave everything that they have to show their love for us and the full capacity of their being. And he just asked for that in reflection because there are two sides to the covenant. God is saying, I do come in by grace, believe him. And we must say our, our I do and offer our faith like God, your grace is good enough. I take it and I believe you and I accept how you see me. And now we are one with him. So just keeping that in our, our mind, it's not about, um, you earn it or anything else. He's saying, come into covenant and see mm-hmm. what the covenant relationship really is. I, I say I do to God because he says I do to me. I love him because he first loved me. And I walk in that because that's how God wants it. That's the grace that he's provided. And I just believe him. And that's the simplicity of what Abraham entered into. God said, I'm going to do this for you, son. And he had to say it a couple of times. He had to (laughs) reaffirm that in him a few times. But every time God said it, he believed him and he stretched more. He stretched more. And eventually he got to the place where he could embrace the manifestation of what God said. It took time, but he was willing to make those steps with God. He was willing to walk that journey and open his heart. So in that, I want to encourage all of us to continue to open our heart when God says, believe me. I have something. Believe me. I'm calling you. Believe me. I love you. That we open our hearts to him and go, yes, God, we believe you. And we take his word and we go, I do in return where he's going, I will. And you go, yes, God, I believe you. I thank you. I have it. And keep moving forward in that. It's interesting. You mentioned covenant. Um, Kyla and I were talking about covenant before we got started this morning. And uh, from, from the human perspective and specifically to employment, Mm-hmm. That if an employer breaks a covenant mm. with an employee, then the employee is no longer bound by the covenant agreement that they made. And exactly. that um, um, we even talked about it as far as Christians goes, because sometimes we want to continue in that covenant because we want to honor. But they, they've released us from that covenant when they break that. There is a, um, a violation there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have to look at that differently when it comes to marriage. But um, to anybody out there who's broken covenant with God, mm. um, if you're feeling guilt, if you're feeling that you can't approach God, that's the enemy speaking to mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. Because that's the wonderful, unique, and marvelous thing about our God is that it's it's there's always going to be things in our covenantal relationship where we fall short mm-hmm. on our part mm-hmm. with God. That's right. And all God requires of us is just to turn back. That's right. And he restores it immediately. That's right. And so if you're hearing anything other than that, remember that it doesn't require anything yet again, but just another turning back. Mm-hmm. And don't let the enemy pull you away from that. Immediately mm-hmm. turn back. Get that covenant back. Get that relationship back. Mm-hmm. And enjoy being in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and that's your heart. Your heart is what God wants. Abraham gave God his heart. And then mm-hmm. as a result of his heart, being fully invested in God, fully vested in him, he was able to take actions that and the natural are difficult, like to the extreme. It's at you know, the point that the physical body might even try to shut down to avoid it. Because it's in, it, it is equipped with a sense of self-preservation. God gave us that so that we would survive. <laughs> so his heart being fully committed to God, fully engaged in the covenant with God, made him able to do the things that he needed to do that otherwise would have been a challenge 
and basically an impossibility for him to do. And so when we invest our heart in God, when we fully trust it with Jesus, when we fully make that heart commitment, we'll see that we're able to do the things that are a challenge to us that help us continue in our physical agreement with God, i.e. not committing adultery or murdering or hating or being offended, all of those things that God works in us to glorify his name. But that comes about as a result of our heart commitment to Jesus Christ. That's how Jesus could get up on the cross and, and not jump down, not call the angels and fly away and beat everybody up, you know, because his heart was invested in doing the will of the father. That was his mind focus. That was his internal man was committed to that and agreed fully with God. And that's how he was able to do something that is impossible. I mean, which of us having a way of escape would just go willingly to death? Most, I mean, even the human body will try to fight, knock the consciousness out to save itself. Mm -hmm. But he was able to endure that and having all power and the ability and not take the ability to get down off the cross, not take the ability to Mm -hmm. fly away, you know, angels come get me (laughs) and they're carrying them off to heaven or any of the options that he did indeed have. He didn't take those because his heart was invested. Mm -hmm. Just to build off those things, there've been a lot of great points made and in this title, I'll kind of back. Thank you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the Lord. So to tie it all back, I love how verses 10 through 12, Paul makes the point or he asked the question, I should say, how was righteousness accounted, right? Or to Abraham. How, like he goes back to, uh, I'll say the beginning, right? The covenant was made with Abraham. So Paul is here, very scholarly, very, you know, um, you could say legalistic, as in like he's presenting a case before a trial, a, a jury, whatever the case is, right? However you want to look at that or examine that. And he's laying out the facts. Hey, this is the beginning. This is where we say the covenant was made. Mm-hmm. So then let's let's examine that in full. And the question he asks is, is priceless, <laughs> right? How then was it accounted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the question or the answer to the question is while uncircumcised, right? You can see that in, in Genesis 15. But then he continues, all right? And, and, of course, Paul answers that in Romans 4, chapter 12. But uh, everybody go to, to Genesis 15. We're going to walk through a few scriptures, right? Because it's going to tie everything together. Or like That's what Paul is clearly examining while he's being led by the Lord to write this, right? This, mm-hmm. this epistle, this letter to, to the Romans mm-hmm. or the church in Rome, right? And, and then right after he goes into the... It was, it was Abraham's faith, and that was why it was accounted to him as righteous, because he was not yet circumcised. It he was, wasn't even Abraham. Exactly. He, he was still, still Abram. Abram. <laughs> he was still Abram, mm-hmm. and he was not Jewish. He was from Ur of Chaldea. Mm-hmm. But the Lord spoke to him and said, this is what I'm doing with you. He had to receive everything. He had to choose to receive everything, mm-hmm. right? And in, and verse uh, Romans four sixteen, right? Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so the promise might be sure to here's the key: all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the leader of us all, right? So, 
we're going to look at a couple things. And the first, of course, is Genesis 15. There is God's covenant with Abraham. And Abram, Abram first, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. God's covenant with Abram. And then what happens? Of course, there was there was some, uh, I'll say some doubt, some disbelief, right? And how do we know that? Because Sarah, Abram's wife, then gave Hagar, right? And then Ishmael is born. Does that make sense? Everybody's tracking. That's in chapter sixteen, uh, so verse three. The Sarah, cut and then sixteen. Yes, right. Okay, and then in chapter this is genesis 16 verse 3 sarah sarai abraham's wife took hagar her maid the egyptian and gave her to her husband abram to be his wife and abram dwelt 10 years in the land of canaan right went into to hagar and conceived when she saw that she had conceived her mistress became despised and not only that but if you continue reading right she was dealt hagar that is was dealt harshly or dealt with harshly and leaves she chose to leave she ran away but then of course the angel of the lord comes this is in verse 10 and and gives her a a promise i will multiply your descendants exceedingly so they will not be counted for multitude right and and of course it's 11 and 12 as well and the angel of the lord said behold you are with child you shall bear a son you shall call his name ishmael because the lord has heard your affliction he shall be a wild man his hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren okay. and then um oh so i want to back up one second because there was i gotta find the verse she's told to return mm-hmm the angel tells her to return verse to nine. the blessing. Mm-hmm. That's right? verse 9. And I, I want to bring this up because, Dean, you discussed this this morning. with For those that have fallen away or chose to leave or, or whatever the case is, or, um, have been in opposition against the Lord, have fallen away, backslidden, whatever phrase you want to use, you have, and we see this demonstrated here, with Abraham, the opportunity to return. Right to get ourselves, uh, I'll say to repent first with the Lord, and then get ourselves back in alignment to return to the Lord and to where the blessing is, right? And that matters. So I want to give people hope and encouragement today because the Lord just cares that you are His son or daughter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not about what you did or, or or any of those things, right? He just wants you to be His his child Mm -hmm. joint heirs with christ we have that that opportunity which grace given to us Mm -hmm. that we access through faith Mm -hmm. and then as we continue in genesis right in 17 there is the sign of the covenant Mm -hmm. and that's circumcision right but the sign of the covenant uh came when after he believed god or Hmm. There you go. And then in chapter 18, the son of promise is born. Right? Amen to that. The, after the son of promise. So the Lord does make a distinguishing difference. This one is of faith. This one is of the law, or the first Ishmael, of the law. This one, and then um, Isaac. This is the son of promise. This is the one of faith who 
Paul is writing about saying the seed, right, is of is of Abraham. This is the seed of Abraham, mm-hmm. right? Who the father of us all, right? And we we already read that it was in the seed was in Isaac, not in Ishmael, right? And so he's laying out facts for them to go. Your logic doesn't make sense because if you get down to it. There are other people that could physically claim to be seeds of Abraham, and they, in fact, are. Right. Abraham had Ishmael. He had sons with Keturah. And Absolutely. They are, in fact, his lineage, his genealogy. But there was one that came with the promise. So he's, he's fact by fact going, think about this. This doesn't really make sense. And at the same time, he's going, this blessing is for you. It's yours. Come on in. Mm-hmm. Believe God and just come on in. Stop being carried away about natural things and I'm too short, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm too pretty, I'm too etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not Jewish enough. I'm too Jew. Stop. Believe God. Just come on in. It's yours. Believe God. Just come on in. Receive it by faith, <laughs> right? Amen to that. So, just like Abraham did. Exactly. Now, even when he talks about the the covenant and the sign of the covenant, right? The circumcision. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. That happens in chapter 17. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter... Right, of Genesis. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank You're you welcome. Honey. Genesis 17. And then in chapter 18 of Genesis, it is uh, where it's done as the Lord had already delineated and dictated. You circumcise them on the eighth day. Not all those years later. Ishmael was considerably older than Isaac, mm-hmm. right? And then um, just because it doesn't necessarily pertain, it does, but it doesn't. Right? The Sodom and Gomorrah piece, I want to pass over that, and I want to get to chapter 21, right? Because okay. that's where you really see the, hey, this is the, the covenant fulfilled, the sign of the covenant fulfilled as the Lord had directed Abram, and then he changed his name to Abraham, mm-hmm. right, after the, mm-hmm. the sign of the covenant was there, and gave him instructions on how he should live and, right, uh, how he should apply what the Lord commanded him to his life. So, um, of course, in, in Genesis 21, Isaac is born, right? And in verse 4, Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him, right? We see faith and action, both on the, um, on the conceiving part and doing the natural things required mm-hmm. in order to produce offspring and fruit, but then also doing it in full, following the Lord's instructions, just being obedient to what the Lord had commanded him in full. Mm-hmm. But then the issue arises in Chapter 21, verse 9. Right? And it says, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, and whom or whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. And then if we read that out, right, it was it was very displeasing. And you can look at that for a number of different reasons, right? Abraham verse eleven, he was very displeased because of his son. Now they're they're both his sons. Right? Mm -hmm. And of course, this was in opposition to how Abraham had raised him. Why would Abraham, I guess that's that's the question, why would Abraham raise his sons very different from each other? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. That is ultimately the answer to the question. He would not. And why? We have the word of the Lord, his his testimony of Abraham, right? And he Mm -hmm. saw that 
if we go back to the part we, we skipped over, destruction of Lot, or Sodom and Gomorrah, excuse me, he says what? His yes. children. He will teach his, his children. children. And his household. Right. Uh, should I not tell Abraham what I'm about to do? Because he will teach his children about me. That is both. So no, he would not raise them differently. That's all. That is every child. Mm-hmm. And that includes his entire house, right? Because if we go back to chapter 17, it was every member, every male of the house, mm-hmm. that whether they were born to Abraham or he had purchased, redeemed, right, from a foreigner or whatever, they all received the sign of the covenant, Mm -hmm. which matters. And then if we continue reading here in in Genesis 21, what happens? Um, Which part, baby? After he What happens to, to Ishmael and Hagar? And, and I want to bring this up because like the Lord said. exactly he's he, they were sent off away. The pruning happened. The the as John the Baptist stated it right. The the axe is already at the foot of the the trees, and any anyone that's not bearing good fruit is taken away and thrown in the fire. Right. Yes. Okay. Don't say to yourself, "We're children of Abraham or sons of Abraham." Right. And you see this exact thing played out here. Ishmael was sent away. He was not the son of promise. It matters, right? And as we look at the the scoffing part of it, it shows the mindset. And you can look at Psalms 1 and 2. You don't have to read that. You can read that on your own time and check it out. But it gives you insight into how the Lord views scoffing and all the other aspects of our life that it contaminates. When we, to get to that point, he was scoffing against the son of promise openly. But he was also receiving the blessings and the benefit up to that point. But then, as it continues in in Genesis 21, what happens to Ishmael? Where does he go? Away. He goes to Egypt. And he takes for himself a wife there. Now let's not forget, we already read this today. His mother was Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And in there you also see, because you can look at this throughout all of scripture, especially in the Old Testament, how people went out and after other gods from foreign lands. So it was a choice made of who Ishmael and ultimately Hagar were going to worship. And the Lord knew that, which is why you see the angel of the Lord, prophesied what he had prophesied when he initially sent Hagar back to Abram. Hmm. There's a lot in there. Is everybody tracking? Yes, or, what you're saying. But, and I bring all this up, because well, I feel led to do that, but also so that we fully understand nothing has changed. This was true then. It's true today. We have the opportunity to repent, which is exactly what John the Baptist was saying, right? Repent and come back. Come back into alignment with the Lord. Make his paths straight. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity. We've been given grace upon grace, which is what he's saying in here, in this section. We're 
heirs. Um, those who are of the law are heirs. Faith is oh wait, four of those who are of the law are heirs. Faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. Right? We just read about that. We experienced that. Mm -hmm. Okay. For there is no law. Oh, where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. All the seed. Amen. Let's also look at the blessings and benefits that Ishmael was to receive. If you study that out, guess who also is going to have 12 sons? Ishmael. Okay. So he received the same grace, the same opportunity, even though he was not the child of promise. Lord gave him the same opportunity that he gives us today. I'm not saying everyone's going to have 12 children, right? But <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, as far as the grace given, if we will only exercise, demonstrate our faith and receive it. Believe God. Amen. And step into it. Any questions on that? No. Okay. Well, let's pause there for today because I know it's a lot. I want the Holy Spirit, you know, minister to you as you <laughs> search through the scriptures and and again, if you have any questions about anything we've discussed, please contact us. Right, our website is adayofprayer.org and our email address is adayofprayer@yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. Love to to connect. To, to hear what you enjoy, hear how the, the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. And if you have prayer requests or questions, like by, please ask them. We welcome them. Yes, Lord. Our desire is just to see Christ formed in everyone. Mm -hmm. All of us being conformed to his image. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for the inheritance of the promise in you, God, and that you are faithful to keep your word, God, and that you help us walk out our part as well. Lord, we just thank you for those that you place in our path, God, and for the circumstances, God, and that the teaching moments that we encounter as well, God. As well, God. Um, we thank you for our partners and our listeners, God, that you continue to bring them in to multiply them abundantly, God. As you promised Abraham, you would make him the father of many, his heirs would be as numerous as grains of sand. Lord, we just glorify you and honor you in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.